Hello and welcome back to the Creating a Positive Impact podcast. Thank you so much for being here once again. I want to start today a little bit differently. I want to do some pretty important housekeeping. What I want to do is just dig slightly deeper into the, the purpose of this show and how we decide who to have on. I just want to clarify how we go about finding guests for this podcast and what we deem to be somebody and someone that creates a positive impact. Because I'm aware that it can only ever really be a subjective list of people. It is, by definition, my opinion of what makes the world a better place. So this isn't ever going to be a definitive collection of ways to make the world a better place. It's a selection of ways to make the world a better place to me. And I understand that's going to be totally different for everyone. And this isn't ever going to be the be-all and end-all. And you know what? Some people over the course of history have done some pretty horrible things in the name of making the world a better place, in the name of their vision of making the world a better place. And so I don't offer this podcast as an absolute source of truth. I couldn't possibly do that. And additionally, I don't really want this show to be about me at all. And that's why I'm really keen to get your guys' input some more so I can learn more ways about how everyone else thinks the world can be a better place and see where we draw our similarities and actually explore some of our differences as well. And I think that in itself is an example of how the world can be a better place. People coming together that don't necessarily agree on things, but they hash it out and create some synergy and create some better solutions to some of the world's big problems. I also just want to try and make you all aware that I don't think my idea of a better world is superior, inferior, or better than anybody else's. I think we all have different ideals in the world and that's totally fine. And so if anything I say in this podcast that anyone finds perhaps a little elitist, for example, that's fine. You're perfectly entitled to that opinion, but it's really not what I'm trying to do with this show. And so if you hear something on this show that you really disagree with or we have someone on that you really disagree with in general, I'd really be keen to explore that conversation some more. I don't think it stops with me just simply finding someone I think is making a positive impact, having them on the show for a chat and that be it think there is more of a conversation there there's back and forth so i'm really keen to hear from you on whether you agree or disagree with certain opinions and ideas and and projects and missions that we have on this show and again while i don't want this show to be about me i think it might help for you to know just some of my existing positions and biases as to what i do believe contributes to a better world for example i eat a plant-based diet so i want to hear from plant-based companies i like many and hopefully you believe the climate crisis is likely to be the biggest one we're ever going to face and so i want to hear lots of ways in which we can help combat that i think mental health is a crucial conversation to be having regularly i think food diet health the oceans conservation tech carbon emissions basic human rights child welfare education waste energy fashion cars all of these things are important to me in different ways and the interconnection between them all i just find really fascinating Some guests will be tackling big systemic issues that might not lead to any practical advice for you and I, but others will be able to educate us on how to play our part as a good citizen a little bit better. And let me clarify one more thing. A better world isn't a target, it's a measure. And as Goodhart's law states, when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. This is something I like to move towards slowly but surely, not towards an ideal means to an end but simply as a means even of itself so now that that's out of the way and hopefully made things a little clearer for you guys i actually want to introduce a new segment of this show where i share a positive news story that i found with you i know i can't believe i didn't think of it sooner but there we go that's what podcasting is all about listening and improving so this week picture this 
a tiny Caribbean island called Redonda, once a barren rock, has undergone a remarkable transformation into a lush wildlife paradise in just a few years. And it's a story that's capturing hearts from environmentalists from all around the world. Even more exciting, the determined folks from Antigua and Barbuda who led this miraculous makeover have achieved something really special. Redonda has been officially declared a protected area by their government. This means it's now a safe haven for migrating birds and home to some unique species found nowhere else on Earth. Today, Redonda is bursting with life, including dozens of threatened species, important seabird colonies and rare lizards. But it wasn't always this way. Invasive rats and goats had wreaked havoc turning the island into what locals once called the rock. In 2016, an ambitious project kicked off to relocate the goats and rid the island of rats and the greenery came back to life, along with a surge in native species. Local heroes from the Environmental Awareness Group, along with the government and international partners, made it happen. This newfound protected status is a huge win for Antiguans and Barbudans, as Arika Hill, the EAG's executive director, puts it. They're even planning to bring back species that used to call Redonda home, like the borrowing out. They're also setting up a smart system to keep other invasive animals away with cameras to watch out for rats and strict guidelines for fishing. This isn't just a win for Redonda, it's a lifeline for the Caribbean where extinction rates have been alarmingly high. Now, Since the restoration project started, 15 species of land birds have returned and the critically endangered Redonda ground dragon has made a remarkable comeback. Local residents, once sceptics who called Redonda the rock, now its proudest guardians. And for Antigua and Barbuda, this success story is a beacon of hope in the face of climate change. It's proof that even smaller countries can lead the way in protecting our planet. I think it's a story worth celebrating. It's an amazing achievement. And remember that with some determination and collaboration, we can really make a difference in this world and our environment. So big thanks and well done to the people of Redonda for its remarkable transformation. And the last bit of housekeeping for me just before we get into today's episode is just to remind those of you that are currently listening to this on Spotify, you can get in touch with us really easily via the new Q&A function on the app. You don't need to go anywhere else. You can give us your feedback right from the device you're listening to right now. We'd love to hear from you. It's a really easy way to get in touch with us. Alternatively, you can always get in touch with the email. That's cpi at soundquake.co.uk. link for that is always going to be in the show notes. But I just wanted to point out, it's quite a new feature that Spotify brought out, and I'm not sure how many of you are actually aware that exists. I'm keen to see how that works, so it'd be great for some of you to jump on there and let us know what you think via that function. Now, today's episode. My guest this week offers a great example on how us parents can do a little more for the planet with some relatively easy changes in our purchasing habits. I'll state now that I already buy products from the companies that Laura Davies runs. That's the name of today's guest. She runs companies called The Kid Collective and The Nappy Gurus, which is how I come to learn about Laura. Now, for anyone who's a parent, you'll know it's tough. It's really tough. And often when things get tough in those particularly bad moments, the last thing that's on your mind is, how can I be a more sustainable parent? How can I reduce the waste my child puts into the world? But I was keen to find out what impact Laura's businesses are having and just how much of a problem is the waste in the form of nappies and wipes. And I wanted to take a deeper look into what her answers were, what her alternatives were, what solutions does she have. If you're a parent, 
This is definitely for you. I think Laura is a great example of those kind of people we mentioned earlier on in the, the preamble to this episode about those that are able to offer us practical advice, things we can actually do ourselves at home. It's not big systemic change. It's something we can do. It's in our power. It's in our control. Laura, hello. Thank you so much for, for being with me today. Really do appreciate your time. Uh, nice and I to be just, here. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, also, I guess we want to start with a bit of a congratulations. You've just hit your is it 15 years in business. Is that right? Is that what I've seen? Yes, correct. My my eldest daughter has just started working with the business. So <laughs> wow. yeah, it makes her feel quite old. Well, definitely, you know, we're going to be winding back from this point, which is quite a milestone. But how far back do we need to go to get to the the roots of all this for you? You know, you starting in business and, and where you are now. Yeah, my story is literally I had my daughter and I started to use reusable nappies with her. And um, that was actually, I was living in the United States at the time, where at that time the, the sort of cloth diaper community was really exciting. There's lots going on. It was a real community. And and yeah, I really got hooked and uh, loved, loved everything about it. So when I was going to return back to the UK, I recognised that we were a little bit behind with what we were offering in terms of reusable nappies into this market space. So I, I wanted to bring some of that energy back with me. And that was um, how the business was born, really. I, I hadn't ever run a business before, let alone an e-commerce business. And obviously, the e-commerce landscape was very different back then also. So um, yeah, I just learned, just threw myself into research, really, and learned everything I could about starting a business and starting an online store and then went about sourcing reusable nappies and kept them in my spare room and here we are 15 years later we've got we've got the two the two brands we've got the nappy gories and the kid collective which is toys and wooden toys and gifts and then yeah here we are today still going strong <laughs> it's, it's incredible it's, it's an amazing you know i think that even just the initial had my daughter and then started like that's incredible in itself that, i always i see that and i'm interested in the parents and mums that have a kid and that's like the you know the rocket that gets them going when i think about it you couldn't start in a harder time like your life has been turned completely upside down and suddenly you know, you're deciding to, to start a new business literally yeah <laughs> yeah must must have been mad but yeah i just i don't know any different at this point you know my kids don't know any different they've always known the business to be around and and yeah, the business is my third baby. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's been it's a lovely story. I think it's it's specifically the the nappy gurus side of things. I'm I'm really interested in. That's yeah. how I first heard about you and, and discovered what you were doing. And to be honest, I've been a customer of yours for the last year. Um, we'll, we'll dig a little bit more into that. But I mean, what was it for you? I'm I'm interested to know about reusable nappies. Why? Why was that something that you caught on to? Thought was a good idea why is this something that us parents should be considering if we haven't already yeah I mean for me personally I've always been eco-conscious you know and and for me it was just a no-brainer like I was not going to use disposable nappies like absolutely not and I was fortunate that my cousin was actually using reusable nappies so I just said to her like what are you using and she shared the brand with me and that was how my journey started and and as I said it there was a really really great community of mums I think it's one of those one of those things that you know it it's a feel good factor you know when you when you're using something that you know is a sustainable product and you're not contributing to landfill waste and all of this single use plastic problem it makes you feel good and you want to share that and you want to talk to other people that are doing the same thing and and it's a whole vibe um <laughs> and so yeah i think reusable nappies and reusable wipes because they're a whole thing 
in themselves they they just have so much so many benefits and benefits outside of what you would potentially expect them to be i mean obviously there's the environmental factor which is a no-brainer um but they can also save parents so much money which they do and yeah it is it makes you feel good to know that you're doing something good and also you're not having wheelie bins full of smelly disposable nappies for weeks on end waiting to be collected with that one of my one of my team members here she started to use reusable nappies because she literally had a maggot infestation of her wheelie bin from her nappies and she just went oh i am not doing that anymore and so she started to use reusable so everybody comes into it in their own way but yeah there's so many benefits and and they are a great a great solution to the single-use plastic problem yeah big so i think that for me was actually the alarming kind of moment when i mean when we first had our boy we were always going to use reusable nappies that was always the plan but what we did get given some disposable ones i can't remember it was through the baby shower whatever it was but we had them and we said, look, you know what, for this first week while this is new and fresh and we're going to have, a, if we don't know what we're doing, we've got a million and one things going on, let's just use the disposable ones for now because that's just one thing we don't have to do and, and we're very much planning to. And within that week, that first week, I put the bin out with all the nappies in and I saw our neighbour do the same over the road. And then I saw the truck pull up to collect them all. And they're piling up. I was like, that's a lot. And that's just here that's just my little town let alone globally that must just be yeah. a, a scout i can't even imagine i'd be really keen to know if you've got any any data on the, on the environmental impact you know how much is going to landfill and the, and the damage well, that that's having yeah just if we just take the uk as an example we throw away 3.6 billion single-use nappies a year and that equates to 10 million every single day <laughs> like that even now wow. like i've been in this industry a long time and even that just makes me go that's just huge it's huge amounts i think nappies in themselves i think comprise of about six percent of all residual waste in england which when you wow. consider that only a tiny portion of the human population are using that product you no know, it's only children who are up to three years say um that's quite a big percentage and also there's the element that in this book boggles my brain but that in some council regions they do whole marketing campaigns around the messaging not to put disposable nappies in the recycling waste. The contamination to recycling is astronomical. And that, I believe, is is partly due to the messaging that is put on some disposable nappies, you know, that they market themselves as eco or bio or green. And it makes people think that they are recyclable. And of course, they're not. Absolutely not. But it, yeah, mm. I mean, that that is a problem itself. So yeah, it is it is a problem that, that needs more work to tackle, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, luckily, people like you come along and, and are, and that's that's really great to hear. And I gather now from, obviously, all this, this time you've been doing it, and there's a bit more research happening around the issue that we've got some kind of better data and numbers to look at. And I'm aware that the uh, the DEFRA um, report, the environmental impact of nappies, like, you know, disposables versus renewables, has, has come out and has been quite contradictory to a lot of the stuff that's come out previously i'm sure you know a lot more about it than i do so i'd be keen to know what you thought of the findings from that report absolutely and, and we were actually involved with with that defra report in the process and we provided some industry data for that and um, so it was a real welcome um, opportunity that, that they that defra were re-looking at that because the so original um, environmental agency report was published in 2005 
which was immediately discredited um, because the sampling was completely flawed and the assumptions that were made were completely just no. So they did yeah. they did publish a revised report three years later in 2008, which was a little bit better, but it didn't go nearly far enough to counteract the damage that had been done in the 2005 report. So we were really um, pleased that, that, that this new report was being done because also, you know, 2005, a long time ago, there's been huge advances in technology and um, production and energy sources. So, so yeah, it was was quite a long process um, pulling everything together for that. And yeah, the, the findings have been, have been interesting, but still problematic. You know, there's, there's some good, good data points in there. You know, for example, we use Bonapis, use about 98% fewer raw materials in their production and they have a lower carbon footprint. Um, the environmental impact of the production of them is 90% lower for reusable nappies and disposable nappies. Um, but there were equally some measures that came that made reusable nappies appear less environmentally friendly. And all of those higher impact measures were around electricity use. So around consumer end washing of the nappies. But as with carbon footprint, like those impacts, even since the report was published in March of this year, those impacts have already fallen since the report was written and will continue to fall, which is due to the um, increased penetration of renewable energy in the marketplace. So the more renewable energy that is around, the lower those impacts are going to be, and that will continue. So yeah, I mean, it's still not ideal. and, And there's also the element that this was a real frustration. There's the element that the report, the data in the report is based on nappy use for a a child up to two and a half years. Now, we know that most children are in nappies longer than two and a half years. Um, In fact, the report itself recognises that children in disposable nappies are still in disposable nappies at the age of two and a half years and only 37% of them will be potty trained and out of, out of nappies. However, the figures are based on two and a half years um, and that was something that the disposable nappy industry uh, pushed for and, and succeeded in getting. But obviously, if you consider that you, know, you have a reusable nappy, that reusable nappy will take a child all the way through to potty training, whether that be two and a half years or whether that be three and a half years, it's the same nappy. Obviously, disposable nappies, you're continuing to buy them. Uh, the products are also larger as the child grows, therefore more raw materials. Um, so yeah, it's problematic and it was frustrating for us because the report, to a layperson, the report could be interpreted as, well, you know, disposable nappies, reusable nappies, much of a muchness, you know, they're probably about the same. But actually, if you actually delve into the data, it's not the case. But But yeah, I mean, even if you take like washing temperature. So we conduct what we call the Great Big Nappy Census and we run that every year. Um, That's actually coming up in October, at the end of October for the fourth year. So that was some of the data that we submitted to the DEFRA report that was included in in the figures. But even from, from 2021 to 2022, we found that the number of people washing their nappies at 60 degrees had dropped from 56% to 49%. So we can see that even in this short period, people are reducing their washing temperatures. I mean, that's probably an energy cost-saving exercise, right? But that's showing that even that, you know, if you're taking nappy washing at 60 degrees, the environmental impact of that is greater than at 40 degrees. So we're seeing that actually even the data since this report is is shifting. So 
yeah, I feel like I've talked about that quite a lot. <laughs> have no, I ranted? You have, but you're more than welcome to. It's great. It's, I think it's useful to hear. I think it, it's interesting. I do keep hearing um, when I have more of these conversations and we start looking at some of the data and science. And regardless of what industry you're in or what, what problem or business, there is always the issue of how do you get normal people that, that, that don't understand this stuff. You could hand them a report and you, know, you might as well have handed it to them in French or, or something. Yeah. They just don't is it good or bad science you know we most people just don't know and, and so we do have to have some of these conversations to break it down into more everyday language and talk about actually what's going into this yeah. this science because unless yeah you know if you've got that scientific background you can dig into this stuff you just don't know you know you, you, you're kind of shooting in the dark and um, confusing uh, messaging isn't it it's difficult it is yeah and then you know you compound that with like you say some of the mixed messaging that's on or irresponsible messaging maybe that's some disposable wipes or, or, or nappies these kind of things i've even got some in in my bathroom i'm not too sure i've got some flushable wipes i was dubious i was like i'm sure that's not a thing <laughs> but it says it on the label what do you think of that <laughs> oh don't get me started yeah flushable wipes you know you don't have to look far to see messages from sewage waste companies you know begging people please don't flush wipes you know they're clogging these huge pipes and causing mass massive problems and and the problem is that people will will market products as flushable and they might well be flushable but are they going to degrade 100 percent that you don't know. Yes, you can flush something, but is it actually going to degrade? Um, and yeah, there just isn't enough regulation around that, in my opinion, um, and that is problematic. And for me, like in terms of wipes, reusable wipes are such an easy win. And we do actually see a lot of people that are now using reusable wipes, but might still be using disposable nappies because they're just a no-brain. Like they're so easy. They're so much more effective than a disposable you could use one reusable wipe where you'd use probably seven disposable wipes and um, they've actually got texture to them they actually do the job and you just wash them like it's easy it's not a big deal and also you're going to save hundreds of pounds and you can go and you can buy a reusable wipes kit for 30 40 pounds and that will last you forever they're a really easy win and and um but we are seeing that more and more people are making that transition which is really positive and and actually also with the fact that so obviously there's there's been the move away from uh, single use plastic you, you know used in disposable wipes which is obviously government led which is really positive but then i mean certainly for the first few months after that happened we saw on so many parenting groups everybody complaining i hate these wipes now they used to be really good and now they're useless they don't work and because obviously there's a fundamental change to the the product materials right but i think that has also been good for us and for the reusable wipes market because it's like, well, try these ones then, because these 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 are good. Mm, yeah, it seems um, to be turning in your favour, doesn't it? Yeah. This, this kind of these, this progress and updates, and I think that was maybe when I found it quite striking, and I realised that oh wait, this is this is a real thing. Because until we we had a boy, I hadn't even considered it, and I guess why would I? I've never been in the market for nappies um, <laughs> until that point. And so then, yeah, my wife, she was the one that introduced me to the whole idea, and I had my general knee-jerk reaction to anything that i've not heard of before no wait what do you mean this <laughs> hang on walk me through it and then it was when as i said that first week when we were using disposables and we had to have the bags and when when you apply to get the bags on on our council website there's a, a little notification that pops up that says have you thought about trying reusable nappies and it has various links and i was like oh but like this is getting recommended at 
council level. This is a, a, yeah. a real thing. And that was when I started to take it a little more seriously and I looked into it but I was like, oh yeah, this actually makes total sense. Like this is this is a no brainer. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm obviously, you know, not the only one to have had that initial knee jerk reaction that's quite negative and you no, know, that can't be an an okay thing because it's new and I'm unfamiliar with it. So what yeah. kind of pushback are you seeing? What are the common objections you see from parents about why they might not want to use reusable items? Yeah, so again, we do have data around this that we obtain from the NAPI census because we do, in the census, we we have participants that are disposable NAPI users and reusable NAPI users. So among the disposable NAPI users, the three sort of most common deterrents, if you like, is the washing, which, you know, there's not a... Not a huge amount we can do about that it is what it is but equally you're looking at one or two extra loads a week I mean you'll know it's not a huge deal it's just an extra load of laundry the machine does the work (laughs) also that they seem complicated which is messaging that we work really hard to try to counteract so everything that we do on our website and that we put out there we try to keep everything as simple as possible because it really doesn't need to be complicated you don't need these huge guides and you know, the nitty-gritty of all the how we, each nappy is made up and all the materials that go it's a nappy like you put it on you wash it I do think that can be damaging overall when when you do try to throw in so many complications to it. I mean, obviously, you know, our nappy team, we're on hand to answer any questions if, if people have them. You know, if they are wondering about any specifics, we can help with that. If they're using the nappies and they're having a problem, we can help with that. That's fine. But the overall marketing message, I think it has to be kept simple um, and the data reflects that as well. Um, and then also the initial money outlay. And because obviously with disposable nappies, you're, you know, you're buying a pack here for £10, pack there for £20. It's spread out. Whereas reusable nappies, you're going to buy a kit and then it's going to last you all the way through party training. But it is that initial money outlay. So yeah, I mean, going back to the councils, like you said, um, in terms of the council promotion. So we do work with a number of councils across the United Kingdom with their reusable nappy incentive schemes. So some of them will um, offer cashback or vouchers um, or starter kits to try to encourage residents to move away from disposable nappies because it costs them loads of money to, d- to dispose of disposable nappies, right? It costs them millions. Um, so they're keen to get residents away from that and using yeah. reusables. So um, so that is, that is a way. But I mean, that's a postcode lottery. You know, some councils will have an incentive for residents and some won't. Some will offer £200, some will offer £30, some won't offer anything. So yeah, that's a challenge. But actually, earlier on this year, we launched um, what we call the National Incentive Scheme. So we've worked with a lot of our suppliers to put together some heavily sort of subsidised starter kits that people can access and just give reusable nappies a try, like just try them, see that actually they're not so complicated, they are easy to use. And, and in, I mean, you know, if, if they're initial money outlay on a full kit is really too much for people um we will always say well just like move into them gradually like even if someone someone's using one reusable nappy a day so they're just changing one reusable nappy and the rest are using disposable nappies they're still preventing like over 700 nappies from going to the landfill like it will all make a difference and and you know a lot of our customers do we again the data shows that they are using reusable nappies part-time you know maybe they're using reusable nappies at home and they're using disposables when they're out and about or they're using reusable nappies during the day and they're using disposables at night like everybody will do it differently and that's okay like when you know we're not going to say it's all or nothing you know every really every 
that could change makes a difference. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, they're the main sort of concerns that we see, but yeah, you know, we work hard to, to, to recognize those and try to, to guide parents, um, around those those concerns mm. oh, i think you're doing a fantastic job i mean they're all concerns i certainly had when i you know was kind of introduced to them and and yeah once he you know took took that plunge i it, it sounds kind of strange to say i, I quite enjoy using them you know like they're, they're, they're great <laughs> aren't they <laughs> and they look so much cuter they don't they smell do. as bad they as do. disposable nappies yeah there's so many benefits yeah <laughs> yeah struggling with the actual um the training of getting him to not go in them but that's a whole other story that's a whole well, we other can have problem, a chat about it? that afterwards i can help <laughs> oh please do please, we've gone backwards i thought we were doing so well we were like seven eight months in he was absolutely flawless and then for whatever reason he just changed his mind and has gone backwards but okay. i'm yeah learning the joys of, of <laughs> parenting every day as we go um i'm that's i mean that's that's really great stuff and i've, I've definitely you know learned a lot from that and certainly the data on the environmental impact that was that's kind of mad um and yet also not surprising at all i understand that you you obviously within your businesses you've kind of also moved into some other areas um such as kind of um like period products is that right are you kind of now involved in that kind of industry maybe tell us yeah. a little bit about that yeah. as well so we've worked with um reusable period wear for many years um but again a bit like the wipes with we've definitely seen um an increase in popularity for specifically like period underwear you know period pants um in recent years and and that's great i mean if, if i think like three four years ago it was the thought that someone would use period pants was like horrifying to people it's like what what is that? Whereas now, I mean, Primark sell them like they're everywhere and they are so commonplace. And, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and, you know, they are, they're really effective. They're really comfortable. They're just, they just make so much sense. So yeah, period underwear has been, been a really strong area for us. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of chat about it in the, in the media of late as well, which is, which has been really positive. Mm. And it, it is positive then. It's not, it's not, pushback and and criticism it's been you know you're being positively spoken about in the media is that yeah, right yeah yeah well, absolutely i mean um so there's the so Marks and spencer um recently launched say pants the tax campaign which sort of brought the products to the forefront which was all around the fact that period pants are currently considered a garment product in terms of vat so they are they're charged at a 20% fat rate whereas in 2021 um the government you know abolished VAT on disposable pads and tampons which was a positive thing in terms of equality you know you know period products be them disposable or reusable they're an essential for half the population right yeah. um so that was that was positive but where but what we're seeing now is that you've got these disposable single-use disposable items vat exempt with the reusable option still vatable and that's a problem because we should be encouraging sustainable alternatives not making them less affordable so so yeah so that that campaign was launched um just recently and, and that again it's making people aware of these products and getting people talking about them and hopefully we will see some changes um, at government level and we will see the, the VAT element abolished on, on those which I'm sure will happen 
um, at some point. Um, mm. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, Action Aid, they found that um, 21% of women and people who menstruate are struggling to afford period products. And that's a, that's a huge number, 21% struggling to afford them. And you you can't go without them. Like, it, you know, it's an essential product. So, um, so yeah. We we like we like period pants. <laughs> I mean, how how effective has that campaign been up to this point, or is it a little too early to say if it's quite quite new? Yeah, I, I think you know, I from what I've seen, I think it's been really really effective. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about it. There's been a lot of companies that have got involved with it. Obviously, we you know we've got involved with it as as the Nappy Gurus, um, and actually we we've um, we sort of abolished the tax on our own website on those products so you know we, we're sort of paying the customer's element of that tax as sort of part of the campaign um, oh wow yeah so but I, you know I th- obviously these things take time in terms of government level but I you know I'm hopeful that that it will make an impact and and you know you're taking the VAT off the project that you know that's just makes them more affordable makes them more appealing more people will use them and that's a win all round so mm. yeah it's the same it's the same true of uh, in the nappy market as well, with 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 that and tax, are, dispo- are the nappies taxable? I'm not even no, sure to be honest. I'm no, the sure, nappies but... the nappies are zero percent rated. Yeah, which is which is good. Both disposable and reusable. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I can't see then why why yeah. you know period pants wouldn't fall under the same kind of uh, realm. Yeah, so. I think it's just a technicality, but um, yeah, I hope yeah, it'll be, be fixed soon. Um, <laughs> is that something that that everyday people can get involved in is it a petition that you can kind there of is a sign up for or anything like that yeah there is there is a petition um and yeah there's you know there's quite a bit of information information about it online as well yeah yeah i'll definitely i'll put a link to that in the uh, in the show notes thing so if you want to get involved with that you can you can have a little look there let's uh let's look forward now that's that's you know where you've obviously been on quite a journey um where are you guys going next? What's happening for, for you personally and, and the Kid Collective and Nappy Gurus and all these different projects you've got going yeah. on? <laughs> Spinning a What's lot next? of plates. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been an exciting year for us actually so far. So we, um, in the summer, we upgraded to a, a larger warehouse. So that's been like a huge project. And that's been sort of getting us geared up for the Christmas period, which we're we feel like we're well in the throes of already. <laughs> I don't feel like we were quite prepared, but yeah, we're really busy, which is good. Um, and then, yeah, looking forward into next year. So we just had planning permission approved to convert part of our space um, into two parts. So one will be a public showroom so we can showcase our products and parents can come in and get more information about um, both the toy side of things and the, and the nappies. Um, and then the other part of the space is going to be like a, a letterable community area. So within uh, where we're located in Leicestershire, um, there isn't anywhere around here that's currently fit for purpose for hosting like baby groups, you know, like baby massage, baby first aid, uh, baby sensory classes. So that's really exciting. So we're having this custom built uh, fit for purpose area that um yeah that will provide provide an opportunity for parents within the local community to access um access these valuable resources for their for their children um so yes that's really exciting yeah that's going to be a 2024 project (laughs) wow i mean no good luck with that that sounds incredible that sounds like a lot a lot of fun a lot of hard work which you're used to and clearly very good at so i'm sure you'll uh yeah you'll have no problems at all um 
The last thing that we like to do on this show is just give you a chance to kind of step away from, from yourself and your, your businesses for a sec and have a little think about someone, whether it be a person or an organization or a business that you think is making a really positive impact in the world and deserves a bit of a shout out and a bit of attention and someone that you think is, yeah, that, you know, they're, they're doing good work and they're worthy of a, of a mention. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is sort of coming right back into, <laughs> right back into the business and the nappies. Um, but I think, you know, I think it is so important. So one of, one of our brands, um, Bambino Mio, Guy, who, who heads that up, he, is just an absolute force. And he, um, years and years and years ago, he established what what is known as the Nappy Alliance. So it is literally a collective of uh, retailers, supporters, manufacturers who all work to promote to government and the media the importance of um, combating single-use nappy waste in the UK. And, and I just think without him and without the Nappy Alliance, like we would we wouldn't be where we are today and I just think that where where we're up against such huge global industries um, and you know we are a much smaller industry and much more niche but without as you know joining together as a collective you have to get some weight and you have to get some force behind you and I just think it's such a it's such a great thing and and he's always done it in a real selfless way Um, so yeah I'm going to give a shout out to Guy. Perfect that's that's wonderful yeah I'll definitely um, I mean I know I know the brand. I didn't know uh, the the guy guy uh, the guy <laughs> behind it. Um, so I'll definitely check him out. And again, I'll put links to um, to guy and and in, in the uh, in the show notes. Um, Laura, thank you so much for your time. That was that was wonderful. I definitely learned a lot, and I really hope that that everyone listening who's either got kids or is going to have them in the future and is kind of uh, weighing this up can see that it's not hard. It's actually an easy thing to do. Can't you know you set yourself up for success in in the early days before they're around and it's it doesn't really you know it's no more complicated than um than using disposables but the environmental impact at the very least is is huge um and on top of everything else so laura thank you so much wish you all the best with all of your your, your products your businesses and everything that you've got going on and um yeah just uh, just look after yourself thank you so much for having me who would have thought we could have had so much fun talking about nappies I certainly didn't think that was a conversation I'd be having in such depth. If you can't tell by now, yes, I have developed a cold in between recording this episode and recording this outro. Um, Perhaps I caught something from Laura (laughs) during our remote interview. Um, Apologies for that if I sound a bit bunged up. I will keep this short for you. I think the subject matter of today's episode with Laura is a great example of the hidden negative impacts that we can have without even realising it. You have a baby, it needs nappies, so you buy them and dispose of them as you should. It's only when it's pointed out to us how damaging that everyday behaviour can be, and that in fact there is an alternative way of doing these things that will massively reduce that impact, that we feel a little more empowered to do our bit. And I think Laura sums it up really well. Doing the right thing and using sustainable products does make us feel good. And why not? It's a win-win scenario. Now, I'm already a customer of Nappy Gurus and I would have no problem recommending them and their products to any parent. 
thank you so much for joining me today and again if you want to get more involved in these chats either use the q a function in the spotify app or if you're listening elsewhere then you can get in touch on the email that's cpi at soundquake.co.uk cpi at soundquake.co.uk link in the show notes and next week we'll be back for a really special episode one that i'm very very excited about and as you know by now I'm not really a fan of hope, but nevertheless, I hope to see you there.